Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer. I'm here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing sibling rivalry. Nick, off you go. Well, we had some listener mail from loyal listener uh, Mikey, who says, um, Dear Cognitive Engineering Podcast, long-time listener, second-time writer. Uh, so this is, this is off the back of an email he wrote last week. He says, I didn't really want to know the answer. I only wrote to you because I knew it would make my brother jealous. He means if, if we read out his letter. Uh, he's had three of his emails read out on the excellent Futility Closet podcast, and I haven't had any, so I had a point to prove. This week, I have another question. Sibling rivalry, what's the deal with that? Now, I don't have any brothers or sisters, so I guess it's over to you guys to explain. Because he smothered them all when they were young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, the mould was broken, <laughs> or your parents yeah. immediately dis- realised what a disaster it had all been. So, um, okay, so in response to that, Peter or Chris, you've both... Well, hold on, let's just check on this. Who's got siblings? So so tell me, Peter. Yes, yeah, so I have a, young, a younger sister of two years. Okay. Younger by two years. Younger by two years. Okay, and Chris? Uh, Two older sisters. Two older sisters. Okay, nice mix. So I've got one older brother who's four years older than me, but I've actually also got about nine half-brothers and sisters. I think we've got every variable controlled for between us. (laughs) Indeed we do. Okay. Um, Who's going to start us off? Yeah, well, I I can sort of talk a little bit about, um, you know, my my understanding of of sibling rivalry in my own own context. I mean, it's... um, presumably designed as a as sort of a benchmark for us against our, our well hold on sorry before sorry to cut you off before we go into the sort of the the theory of it let's talk about ourselves are you rivals uh, with your sisters uh no i'm not because uh a uh we're different genders which i think uh makes makes a difference uh and b they are sort of not substantially older than me but but about eight years separates me and the youngest of my sisters so from that point of view uh no but they are about a year and a half apart and so I witnessed sibling rivalry I suppose is in its tradition and of course they're of the same gender as well yes that's right yeah uh Peter are you rivals with your sister I don't think so I think we, we don't have a particularly sort of competitive family unit I think because my sister and I have always from very early on been very interested in different things I've always been much more maths and sciencey, and she was always much more creative and horse riding-y and doing different doing that sort of thing so I, I was yeah not so much however I think maybe when we were much younger there was no doubt some degree of competition for p- sort of parental attention and approval and things okay so with myself and my brother I thought that we weren't rivals um, and again, we're quite different from one another. And the four years is actually quite a lot as well. Um, obviously, both boys, so maybe that does feed into it. But I thought we weren't until one year or this one time years. You know, he he just completed a master's degree in in law, and a master's degree in law is an LLM, I think. Um, and and I think I I can't remember if I had a master's that at that stage or not. I don't know. But he essentially says so. Basically, that trumps you. That trumps your uh, <laughs> academic uh, performance. And I was well, why is that? And he says, well, because mine's in law, it's an LLM, and everyone knows that. And actually, it's official LLMs are, are, are more prestigious than just your average master's degrees. At which point I said, well, I don't want to do 
laws a load of rubbish anyway and it's so so turns out we were rivals and i didn't realize you just it. didn't realize yeah, yeah. Well, i suppose if we're going to start counting i did engineering and my sister did uh acting at university oh, so. well so. well yeah <laughs> she obviously trumps mine in terms of interest. i was gonna say, yeah i was gonna say the other way around but anyway i interrupt you chris you started going into the, the well, more the yeah theory, I, was, but... I was just going to sort of talk about a little bit about why sibling rivalry might exist as opposed to you know rivalry against other uh other people or how it's different to rivalry with other people or a rivalry with your parents you know without getting too sort of freudian about it all but um but yeah i mean i mean essentially they're the nearest thing we have in most cases to to genetic peers and i suppose it's a good way of of uh, of benchmarking ourselves as as to how you know we share approximately 50% of our our genetic material with a with a sibling and it's a good way of seeing whether our 50% or, or, or rather whether the combination of parental genes that we got is better than uh than our sort of nearest nearest competitor so i think that's that's uh, one aspect and then i think um you know there's also this aspect of of competing for uh parental investment you know we're we're not we're not quite uh, uh, at the stage of of nudging nudging chicks out of the out of the nest as uh, as you know some bird species do but um but there is this issue of of vying you know we are a species which requires uh, a lot of investment particularly when we're young children uh, from those looking after us and uh you know there's an element of competing for the limited parental resource available okay Um, i think that's the the idea of it being limited is the key here because um the the genetic similarity would would always suggest that you would help and share like parents do with their own children you know the genetic similarity almost always leads to you know greater kinship more sharing etc so in, in a sense genetic similarity works would work against it so sibling rivalry has to be quite has to has to have quite a powerful driver in order to really to work so hard against genetic similarity that it causes us to potentially harm our siblings and and i think you know if you if you look at the comparisons between different types of um different species and the kinds of uh, environment resource environments they're in the the sort of general theory would be that it's it emerges when you have um a, when you have something that is intrinsically limited so comp- competition for resources um like in uh, you know the birds i can't remember which i think it's an eagle of some kind the um you know black eagles they, they, they lay two other? eggs and and one of them pecks the other one to death yeah. and um you know because it, there really isn't much food coming in you know and, well, and well, there's even, enough even, to raise one kid well and and you know it makes sense for the best kid to, yeah. to be the one that survives whereas um you know animals like uh you, you know when you've got sort of animals with where they have a hundred kids and they all float off into the sea i mean they, they don't generally attack one another um because actually resources are fairly abundant and there's no need for that much sort of parental input uh raising human children is very very resource intensive so you know that is a rivalrous resource um so yeah i'm so i suppose i'm saying ultimately as with all things it comes down to economics peter um i'm i'm not convinced that uh, there is a greater amount of sibling rivalry than there was with, say, peers and friends in, in other places. I, I, I'm not convinced that there's more of it. I think it might just be more apparent because there's an expectation of cooperation within a family. And so, so it's, a, it's a sort of, it just stands out more as sort of it's a perception thing. Because if you, if you consider other uh, cooperative organizations and, and uh, social units like companies 
uh, and uh, uh, where people go people go to work um, they are they are inherently sort of paternal and there's lots of rules and regulations but everyone's ultimately competing all uh, everyone's cooperating trying to do the best for the company but also competing for a, a limited set of resources in terms of prowess um, approval from seniors and and pay so i think that's i think it's, it's extremely common in in any human sphere it just happens it probably just stands out more amongst those people you'd expect to cooperate although i mean they i i, I think i would agree uh, entirely but there is a slight puzzle in that the differences factors that you can look at among siblings influence uh, rivalry. So, for example, if they're close in age, that's known, and th- this, you know, measured through things like you know surveys amongst uh, amongst different families and stuff. But that that's known to increase uh, rivalry, and apparently rivalry is worse between the uh, sort of in teen- early teenage years. So it's affected by things um, that uh, you know would uh, uh, they, those things explain stuff, and those are kind of f- familial things. But it might just be that that is still those things, the influence of those factors is covered by a more general theory of rivalry. So I think what Peter's sort of saying is that the same theory of rivalry uh, covers sibling rivalry as well. So it's not a special thing over and above just Mm. rivalry. And rivalry tends to emerge, as Peter said, you know, when you have competition for resources and some uh, parity in inability, uh, you know, so, you know, if you if you're essentially both competing over the same market. Um, If you have a large disparity in real life, uh, you know, there tends to be a a fairly stable hierarchy and, you know, you don't get that kind of rivalry. Rivalry emerges when you when you when you have someone who's roughly at your, you know, peer level. Yeah. So um, I think a good a good sort of uh, example of that is um, wars for the succession for for succession in in monarchies or, um, you know, dynastic uh, um, sort of political systems. Uh, where um, you know you you get uh, siblings effectively competing for the one for the one position that they can occupy, uh, or sometimes you get um, you know rival rival candidates who aren't who aren't direct siblings. But the same the same thing occurs that you get uh, you get a struggle over a, a, a um, you know this this one single position that can be occupied. Uh, and you know, in the cases of where where that is determined by bloodline and siblings have equal claims or what, whatever it might be, you know, different um, different dynastic systems have 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 evolved, and you know, the the extreme ones are like the um, uh, the Ot- the Ottoman system, where uh, it was in, enshrined into the system that the um, the successful or, or the rightful heir would indeed uh, legally commit fratricide so so i think it was mehmet the third uh the most extreme example murdered legally 19 of of his of his brothers so um let's all be thankful that, that we weren't uh, part of part of that family but, but if you have but if you have a system based on primogeniture which is which is how the you know aristocrats become powerful um essentially uh it, it, you there's no need to do that because you you get everything um you know, you don't. If you're the if you're the eldest, was Mehmet the eldest? Was he going to inherit it anyway? Uh, well, so so I think the the driver behind this was his grandfather uh, had been involved in a bitter civil war with various siblings over this. So I, so I think yes, they they did have some system for determining, you know, the the eldest son. But of course, in a system where you've got you know 
harems might sound fun in 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 principle, but in practice, if you've got plenty of siblings, all of some of whom may have been born relatively close together because of uh, having different mothers, uh, you you may have a less a, a less clear system, and uh, so this this process evolved. But... I think I think harems is probably pretty fun in practice as well yeah but um anyway it, I mean, if you're if you're the owner rather than a worker well it, de- it, it's all it about depends perspectives. depends on the owner um anyway and one thing also so one one of the things you were talking about there is well what's the prize and if it's very very uh, defined and and let's say singular in that case so the stakes are quite high but also i think another thing is um to do with the environment are, are the mechanisms in place or, or or to put it like this the parenting the upbringing as well so one thing i've read is that um sibling rivalry will be higher in instances in a family where there's no um, mechanism for dialogue, for example. And so the, the only way to get attention or to get ahead is is to fight or, or something like that. Whereas if the parents can put in place a kind of a family discussion or you can talk things through, and then um, then that sort of reduces instances of, of sibling rivalry. Um, I mean, I, 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 saw, I saw that very thing actually uh, yesterday, yesterday evening occurring. Uh, I was I was down on the the beach where I where I live and um, there were he, he does actually live on a beach yeah I mean not not sleeping rough on the sand but but by a by a beach close close to a beach yes and I was observing this uh, this family uh, and um, this this lad who must have been about five perhaps he picked up. A, a large pebble and his uh, his brother who was probably eight or so was lying down in a sort of pool of pool of water and he he just threw this large boulder at, <laughs> at, at his at his brother <laughs> at which point his brother st- stood up and and ran after him and uh, you know shoved him into the into the sand and then start they both started crying at this point and the the, the parents who I, you know, I don't think there was that much parental investment up for grabs in this in this family, shall, <laughs> shall we say? You know, then had to arbitrate between these two, and it was it was classic attention grabbing behaviour, but but driven by by conflict, and it was a, a you know a great manifestation of of, of uh, not terribly thinking sibling rivalry. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's this is genuinely older than history in the sense that you know, man. Man two killed man three. Uh, Cain Cain killed Abel. You know, the, in, at least as far as the Bible's concerned, you know, the second and third uh, men ever to exist. You know, one one murdered his brother. There are other so, available sources of fact. We should say. For, yeah, for yeah. But assuming of, for the moment that the Bible is historically using it, accurate, using it as a metaphor. Yes. Yeah, and so clearly it's a big deal. I mean, you wouldn't get a story that you know that fundamental that that didn't express something important. Um, and uh, you know, real life uh, sibling rivalries are all over the place. I mean, you know, Ed, Ed and David Miliband, uh, famous example. Yes. The the Gallagher brothers. Who else? Uh, the other. The Chuckle brothers. The Chuckle brothers <laughs> Chuckle notoriously brothers. hated each other, loved each other on screen, yeah. and then there was that horrific murder, wasn't there? <laughs> with a piano, um, yeah. Yeah, to, me, to, 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 to you, to involving me to a you, pedal yes. bicycle that was reversed backwards and forwards over. Uh, yeah. Over, yeah. I should well, say that probably that just for legal reasons that the Chuckle Brothers are alive and well. <laughs> and there's no evidence that they, there's any animosity between them. Or indeed that they're brothers. Are they actually I don't brothers? think they are brothers. No. Or maybe they are. I think they are actually. I don't know. Uh, look, Tempest Fugit. We're actually fairly close to be needing to wrap up. Um, where do we, where, how do we want to round this off? 
Well, I, su- I suppose it, it speaks to a broader question about uh, genetics and behaviour in general, which is, you know, the extent to which you can um, you can make uh, judgments about the um, the emergence of behaviour based on uh, a genetic a genetic drive and you know we've talked in classic terms we've talked about both sort of you know environmental constraints being at play here but also some uh you know deeper sort of Dawkin-esque drive to to um to compete I'm not really I thought that was leading on to a point there (laughs) no it wasn't I I I suppose just that uh it's it's a it's a good example of um a a behaviour and uh, and the extent to which genetics determines that yeah. that behaviour. Peter, I think the point that Chris is meandering towards <laughs> is that um, we 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 as a species have evolved uh, and developed in an environment that's historically been very short on resources. So we have sort of been pre-programmed in either our genes or or our behaviours that's handed down to to have this innate desire to compete with each other. Uh, under with a sort of hard coded assumption that everything, every situation you meet is some sort of zero sum game, and if you you have to you have to if you get something the other guy doesn't. Well, I, I mean that's not. I mean, you know, we've also evolved to cooperate for similar reasons that actually, but it but it does involve a trade off. You know, that's that's the thing. The I suppose the interesting thing about humans is that we want to cooperate, but we need to make sure that we're not cooperating ourselves out of a good deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and, and um, you know, from from the point of view of uh, sibling rivalry, that's why there are examples of um, siblings who hate one another. But there are at least an equal number of uh, examples of siblings that have very constructive relationships with each other. And actually, uh, I just want to finish off with two points. The first one being thinking back to my example of my brother and arguing about the relative merit of our master's degrees is actually, I remember now, that he actually funded my degree, uh, my master's degree, because at the time he was earning very well. That's, that's emasculating. That's yeah, not empowering. So, so it's, it, not only has he got a better one, but he paid for yours, so he owns yours as well. Yes, yeah, so I was feeling positive about that until five seconds ago. Yeah. Um, but, um, and I paid him back, but you know, he helped me out. Uh, that was my first point. The second point is, look, let's just think for a moment, um, either in, in literary terms, in films, or in history... Think of your favourite story of, 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 of siblings. Well, I watched uh, Thor last night because it happened to be on the telly. So uh, that's a really nice example between Thor and Loki. There's a sort of com- competition for the, the throne of Asgard. And for the love of the parents. And though, for the yeah. approval of the parents, yeah. 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 Okay, nice. Uh, Chris? Well, I'll, I'll um, uh, keep it uh, mythical in that case. And the, the sort of three um, the three brothers in, uh, in Greek mythology of... Uh, um, uh, of Zeus, uh, Poseidon, and, and Hades, and the the various ways they uh, sort of project their sibling rivalries onto onto humanity, you know, and and the competitions between uh, us mere mortals. Nice, Nick. I quite like the two brothers in um, in um, Much Ado About Nothing, which who I think I'd call Don Pedro and Don John, and uh, Don John is he's the younger brother, and he's he's a total shit. And uh, but he's really honest about it. So I kind of I really respect the character. He just sort of says, look, it's not fair. I'm the younger brother. He gets all the praise and the glory. So obviously I'm going to behave like an ass. So, yeah, big fan of him. I can see that. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you model your entire existence on him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a good one, so um, I, I shan't say anything. I bet your brother could. <laughs> he's amazing, uh, that guy. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> so I got, I've got one more thing we need to add towards just at Go the on. end. So in, in the email that Mikey uh, sent me uh, asking about sibling rivalry, he did say at the end, could you say in your face, Chris, to my brother... So, but, but I think given that Chris is also a very loyal listener, I will merely quote Mikey rather than actually saying in your face, Chris. <laughs> we consider him thus quoted. Okay. Um, let's finish off there. Just to say, what was that Mehmet Third who murdered 19 of his siblings? Is that That's right? right, yeah. So I'm, so I'm slightly worried we're sitting next to Nick Hare the third. That he claims to have no siblings, but for all we know, there could be nineteen a mass grave of nineteen um, hares out there. I don't know under the patio. In yeah. The garden. yeah. Okay, gentlemen, um, that was very interesting. So um, thank you as always uh, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill, and Chris Rag. Uh, thank you, and until next time. And and best wishes to. Mikey and Chris. Best wishes to Mikey and Chris. I hope they work it all out. (laughs) Okay. Cheerio. Bye-bye.